Welcome to, <laughs> to Say Smart, our first episode. Uh, and you're probably wondering why we're here and who we are. I am Sarah. And I am Hope. And we are ex co-workers and current best friends. <laughs> and uh, this podcast is a literary podcast for readers and non-readers. And you're probably asking, how does that work? Well, I am a very big reader and Hope uh, can a read. Very, and is a very big talker. <laughs> Hope is a big talker. And so what was happening during COVID specifically was I would come over to her house and I'd be like, I want to talk about this book with somebody. And she'd be like, well, I'll listen to the plot of this book. And when you water down some of these smutty specifically books or like some of the really popular books right now, they have the most ridiculous plot lines. And obviously, as an outsider, Hope just has a different perspective as somebody who's not reading the ins and outs of these books. So we decided, you know what, we should be recording this. And then we decided recently, why, why not just uh, pull the trigger and do it? Um, so uh, that's what we're doing. And so I, during these podcasts, have read the book and Hope has not read the book. I am going to be giving her the plot of the book. And I've asked her to do a small book report on a certain subject that pertains to each book but she does not know how they integrate into the book. So um, I've just blindly asked her to research a su subject that she knows nothing about. And then at the end, we will be doing a kind of like recap rating system. And then we will be revealing what our biggest say smut moment of the podcast was. So what are some of our top priorities, Hope? Yes. Before we launch on into the first of our books, we wanted to cover um, just kind of a couple of priorities. We have a couple of ground rules, if you will, as we um, start talking about some of these books. As Sarah mentioned, we'll be covering a lot of smut and romance novels. Um, and as such, we've kind of set a couple of things that are important to us to make sure that we're creating as inclusive an environment as possible for everybody. So um, our first priority is that we will be handling um, a lot of difficult topics as we cover a variety of books. And we will be sure to make sure that we are providing content warnings um, at the beginning of each episode and within each description, just so that everybody knows what we'll be talking about in advance. So if there's a topic you'd like to opt out of, you're absolutely able to do that. Um, it's important to us to make sure that everybody feels as safe and comfortable as possible. Um, our second priority is to create a sex positive environment and a safe space for discussion. Uh, we're not here yucking any yums. We're not here to tell you what's okay, what's not okay, what's cool, what's not cool. Um, it's a big open space and we want to welcome everybody into it. So that'll be something we keep in mind as we cover a variety of books and topics. And similarly, it's um, our priority to be as diverse in the stories that we're discussing and uh, as widespread in our representation as possible. So we don't ever want to be limiting uh, the content we have based on gender or race or sexual preference, et cetera. Um, to that end, if there's um, any interesting books or stories out there, uh, maybe covering a, a point of view we haven't talked about yet, absolutely feel free to send those in. We have an email that I'll plug at the end um, and you can send those recommendations into us and we'll, we'll definitely incorporate them in there. But all of that to say, this is a cool open welcome space. We want all of you to be a part of it and we all want you to feel comfortable while you're here. Now, with that said, let's jump into our first book which okay. is it happened one summer by tessa bailey um it happens 
So for some content warnings, we do have sexual content um, with some descriptive language. We also have the death of a parent, death of a spouse, and grief. So want to put that out there. Um, and just to get started, the ratings on StoryGraph, um, which if anybody doesn't know, StoryGraph and Goodreads are apps or um, websites that you can kind of track your reading and people can rate the systems. And so these both have about four stars out of five. So um, on, on both these platforms. And so it's, it's a pretty high rated book. And the reason I chose it for our first book was because first of all, we're heading into summer. Um, it happened one summer, obviously in the title, but it's also like everybody and their mom was reading it last summer. And so I feel like a lot of you have probably either read this book or, you know, somebody who's read this book. And obviously this is a spoiler podcast. So don't, Spoilers, yeah. <laughs> if you have any intention on reading this book, please subscribe and then uh come back later um so <laughs> so uh one thing to know about tessa bailey i want to quick talk about her because yes, we talked we just talked about how we want this to be a diverse podcast but to be honest tessa is not the greatest at diversity she is a white woman um and i think she does a lot of really great things with her books from a reader point of view which is that she um she takes like the really corny sappy uh, like unrealistic storylines of a rom-com and makes them fun to read and not necessarily cringy all the time. And she has like really great banter, like between her characters. However, with that said, almost all of her characters are going to be um, white. They're going to be cis or straight. Um, she's got, I've read probably about half her books. And for the most part, there's not a lot of diversity. And when she has incorporated them, they're typically side characters. She does have a book called uh, lose her, love her or lose her or something. I sorry, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but, um, that has two main characters who are people of color. Um, and that's the only one I can think of right now. But with that said, she is one of the first, uh, authors who changed her covers to be the cartoon style, which if you think about romance books, you typically think, you know, like a shirtless men and like True. the two people holding each other really intimately or whatever. So she was one of the first ones that made like the cartoon cover to make it a little bit more discreet. And then she went back and changed her old covers to also be cartoony. What did her old covers look like? Classic like were, ones? Yeah, they were like the classic like hottie with a body. And we are not here to objectify, but also very accurate. Um, she... What I'm getting at, though, is that there is a controversy around one of her recent books, which is My Killer Vacation. Oh. And she had this whole cover reveal that was like a cartoon cover reveal. And again, it's a cartoon, so you can't quite understand what exactly they're going for, for ethnicity wise or, um, you know, representation wise. But the male of the cover, he looked like he was maybe Asian or uh, Pacific Islander and um, had these really um, neat tattoos that were uh, looked like they were culturally significant. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was controversy that she, that some cover designer said that she had copied the same pose because like they were holding each other in the same way. Anyway, it was really weird and it was kind of vague. So they ended up changing the cover again. And then they made the guy very, very white. Oh, no. <laughs> and also, I have read this book, by the way. This is not one of her best books. I've oh, read right. this book. And at no point do they <laughs> acknowledge that he was supposed to be Asian or Island Pacifica or 
any other ethnicity other than white. So it did kind of feel like it was fishing a little bit. Yeah. She also is known to have a couple of books that may be copaganda. So I want to make that very, very clear about this author before we dive too far in that there are, there's a wide variety of question marks, but I do think there are from a strictly reader point of view, there are some really great elements of her writing. So with that said, good. any questions know. about her? No. Let's any dive questions? in to what this do you think, summer. What do you think our book is about today? Well, well, it's a little bit tough. So as a disclaimer to everybody, as Sarah mentioned, I have done some research on a topic prior to the recording of this podcast, but I do not know what the book is about. So I can imagine... <laughs> because it's called It Happened One Summer, because I know what that topic is, that it's going to be about some sort of seafaring man and woman and their romance. I, I think that's a I safe presume, call. I presume, yes. Yes. Um, this is a third person point of view, but it's also dual POV, which means that it's written in third person, but each chapter kind of comes from the point of view of you're, you're looking at it from his point of view or her point of sure. view. Sure. So um, when I, this book first came to my attention, it was very much, did you ever watch Shit's Creek? Yes. Okay. It was very much explained that the main character is very Alexis. Okay, good, good content. And when I, I, I haven't watched a lot of Schitt's Creek, but my goodness, it is spot on. <laughs> she is Alexis. So we open up on our main character, Piper. She is like an LA it social girl. She's like 28. So she's Amazing. getting for LA lifestyle. She's kind of getting on the older side, which That's is younger than me. for everyone. <laughs> I'm, I, not to disclose age, but that is younger than I presently am. <laughs> But, like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody, I, I'm not from L.A., but I would just think, like, it, it would be, like, okay, that's getting, getting on the older ancient. side publicly. Uh, Obviously, I don't feel that way. But over the she, hill, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she is getting dumped in the first chapter by a boyfriend of three weeks. Oh. And she's very much, like, trying to play it off, like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like we've been through so much. And he's like, it's literally been three weeks. Okay. Like, that's yeah, what I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, it's been like, three weeks. Girl, get a grip. Girl, get a grip. Um, But it's very legally blonde-esque, right? Like entering in yes. on a, a concept of like, okay, she's getting broken up with. And, and, and it's kind of wait. a, yes. And so she, during this breakup, her ex-boyfriend now uh, brings up that she's like a smoke show in a bikini, but she he just wants to end it before it gets boring. And then he tells her that there's nothing to her. Like, she's kind of an airhead, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, so all at once, we have both a smoke show, but also wants to leave before it gets boring? So Yeah, I... I don't but know. She's I, presently a smoke. So the concern is that because she's so elderly at the age of 28, that <laughs> that her smoke show body at any moment, like, like an avocado, <laughs> will just, just go from just not drowning. ready to dead. <laughs> you like, you got to get it while it's hot, right? Yes. Um, There's a five second window where this stays good. And after that, done. And like she, she is like leaning into this idea that she's an airhead and i don't like using that term but she is kind of like she definitely has you can tell there's a little bit of depth to her but she's not fully realizing the big picture of it so she's uh, like 
so she calls her friend who's kind of an idiot asshole friend. And I say that because this friend isn't, is genuinely an asshole. And um, it's like a bad influence friend. You know, it's like an LA surface style friend. Just like and me. She's and like, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's, I mean, exactly I have like lots you. of questions after that and we can debrief later, but that's, <laughs> we'll go to couples counseling. It's fine. Um, but she, uh, so she calls her friend and it's already getting around that she was broken up with at, in front of everybody at this party. And she was like, you know what we need to do? We need to create like kind of a publicity stunt to like, to backtrack what people are talking about. I don't want to be the sad sack, right? Like, I don't want to be the sad sack that was broken up with in front of Ansel Elgort, which is literally something that is said. Apparently Ansel Elgort was there, which also that didn't age well because so, now he no, has sexual didn't. assault claims against no, him. No, it didn't. <laughs> but it's good for me to know that there is like, it is supposed to be happening in real life. Like, yes. Real life people exist in this story and that's good for me to know. Oh, yes. Um, Which is another cons conversation that some people have about like some of these modern contemporary romance books which is like how well is this going to age um you know like i read a book the other day that kept mentioning teslas and i was like please don't (laughs) please don't (laughs) um so back to our girl they decide to have a giant pool party at this ho this really fancy hotel downtown Mm -hmm. and like 200 people come to this hotel pool party and it like fireworks are going off they're playing chicken in the pool there's a congo line and then our second chapter opens up (laughs) on in what sorry let's pause in what world is a congo line cool you know look i've been in a couple good congo lines have you i mean you get the right person in front you get the right person in back and you're good and we're it's, just gonna leave it there. Well, I gotta say, if you don't have strength throughout, you know the chain's gonna break, and then you have back end running, front end off the rails. Well, okay, so this is where we introduce our spinoff podcast, which is where Hope decides to tell everybody how to do a Congo line. Um, anyway, so our second chapter opens on Piper in jail. Um, because <laughs> Apparently, helicopters and police were involved to break up this party. And it's this moment where obviously she's like her her shitty friend, like completely turned her over to police. And we're like, okay, threw her under the bus, right? Like she's not a good friend. Um, But also she was the one that helped her with it, right? And like Piper is not one for jail, obviously. She's having a hard time peeing in front of the other inmates. Um, it's, it's really giving early two thousands, Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, Britney Spears. Okay. Yes. Um, but she's like charming the female guards and they're like, so relatable that you got broken up with and you wanted to show him who's boss, right? Via PR stunt. Like all of us do when we're dumped. Yeah. I'm going to call you next time and host a 200 person party downtown Des Moines. I've been broken Um, up with Sarah. We need a PR stunt. Yeah. Get 200 of our closest friends. Party time. Party time. Um, Well, then her younger sister, Hannah, bails her out. Um, And, like, at one point, they're walking out of the jail, and, like, a pap, like, is taking photos of her. And he's like, do you feel bad about wasting taxpayer dollars? And, like, in the car, she's talking with her sister, and she's reflecting on this. And you can tell she, like, didn't think about the wide scope of what she did right like she's not a person that looks big picture at the impact of her actions and that's where we call consequences of our actions you gotta know the consequences of your actions you gotta know the consequences so so she she goes home and uh 
she's got a stepdaddy. Um, and <laughs> she's got a stepdad, Daniel, who mm-hmm. is a movie producer, oh. and he has lots of money. Lots nepotism. of money. It is quite literally nepotism. And now we could put nepo baby as like a, a keyword at the end of our podcast. Trigger warning, nepo really baby. Trigger warning. Uh, <laughs> people have privilege in this. People book. another white woman has privilege. Um okay. so so she uh like this is a guy that they're very, very close with. He's practically a dad figure to them. They they love him so much though that they even take the his last name Bellinger. So mm-hmm. um Piper and her sister Hannah walk in and he's like fed up. He's like, I'm done with this shit. You need to stop. Like you're 28 years old. Stop playing around. Also, by the way, the owner of that hotel is funding my latest movie. So like this makes it double bad. I'm like big, big mad on this. What a horrible coincidence. What a horrible coincidence that would only happen in LA in a book, in a, (laughs) a all the hotels for my PR stunt. I know. Sorry. I'll, I'll check with you next time, Daniel, on which hotels I can. Sorry, Daniel. So D- Daniel is like, you know what? I'm I'm really tired of this. And he, he was like, you know what? Let's take a moment to do a little backstory telling for the audience. Okay. Amazing. Yes. So you find out that uh, Hannah and Piper's biological dad is Henry Cross. And he was a fisherman in a town called Westport, Washington. So up, mm-hmm. up the coast. And he died at sea when Piper was four years old and she like has barely any memories of him. Okay. Like trauma dump right here. Yeah, that's tough. right. Um, frozen level trauma right there. Yeah. She like barely knows anything about him. Um, but then it's revealed. Daniel reveals to the girls, uh, by the way, your dad owned a local bar because even though he was a fisherman and he made bank, it wasn't always reliable. So he owned a bar on the side, which I also, I feel like that's a lot of responsibility. It is a lot. I feel like that's like, especially if you also own the boat, because that's one whole operation you, you yeah. have to do. And then the bar seemingly unrelated, unless you serve seafood, but I doubt it because you need to make money off of the things you caught. <laughs> I mean, logistically, it just sounds like a just lot a of work. Just like a nightmare. Yeah. Like who takes care of the bar when you're out on the sea? Yeah. Are you anyway. just closed when you're gone? Yeah. Like, sorry, out fishing, gone fishing, gone fishing. <laughs> Hope <laughs> will disclose how long. Eventually yeah. during her report. <laughs> so, so, so Daniel is like, by the way, there's this bar that your dad owned and I've actually uh, had somebody taking care of it in the meantime, but the bar is actually in Hannah and Piper's name. I was going to say bequeath it to you, <laughs> which also feels like a nepotism in itself. So who's just inheriting right in this bars? <laughs> Man, I would love for my dad, Steve, to just drop on me one day. Hey, Sarah, I have this bar that you're going to inherit. And then I'm going to turn it into a wine bar that's also a bookstore that's called Wines and Spines. And that's my goal in life. (laughs) I, I, I love it. But you have to know that I'm envisioning skeletons and not books. No, ah, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it for me. Okay, so everybody ignore what you just heard. What What if, hear me out, Dark Academia vibe, still oh. books, also skeletons. Okay, well, we'll sell like old fashions, make it a like really, you know, dark, yes. mysterious. Yes. Okay, so Daniel and her mom are like, hey, 
sorry her mom's name is marine by the way if you're keeping track of names because nice i'm terrible at names marine marine uh daniel and marine how, are how, like how oceanic <laughs> really on theme here really on uh, theme so and daniel... only she'd been named coral <laughs> coral <gasps> oh just wait until you hear another name that's gonna come up you're gonna really love it Trash. um Sorry. continue <laughs> okay so daniel and marine are like here's a little bit of money you're gonna go to westport and live for three months in the apartment above the bar and the rest is up to you okay which also feels a little vacationy yeah i'm trying to figure out where the consequence is because what i've heard is go live above a bar for a while and yeah yeah that sounds great. The, I mean, the, the, the idea is that she's going to this small town and she's going to get cut off from her it girl lifestyle in L.A., right? Yes. But also sounds like a great getaway. Yeah. Um, Can't relate. Seems like a good time. <laughs> so then it's very clear that Maureen has her own ghosts from Westport, like, that she never told her daughters about, which we'll oh. get into later. But she, like, confesses that, like, she kept this. It was wrong of her to keep this part of their lives from them because they didn't even know where their dad was from or anything. It was, like, really weird. Um, And then, like, there's a really cute line where she's like, to go to Westport is to meet your father, Piper. He is Westport. Uh, Somebody that, call Hallmark. Some, some would call that a really cool line. <laughs> but then, then her mom gives her this mysterious warning. And I'm quoting from the book. Um, <laughs> the men in Westport, they're not what you're used to. They're unpolished and direct. Capable in a way the men of your acquaintance aren't. Their job is dangerous. And they don't care how much it scares you. They will go back to the sea every time. They'll always choose it over a woman and they'll rather die doing what they love than be home safe. Unlike in LA, the guys here are assholes. <laughs> the guys here will call you a smoke show and then dump your ass before you get too moldy. Um, the guys there but just also, won't come back at all. Also weird that it's like, okay, mom, trauma dump. You don't tell us shit for how many years. And then you're like, Jeez. Let me just tell you how insecure I was about my marriage. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you about the, the raw sexual energy of all of the men on the island. <laughs> it's very wish... Brandy, you're a fine girl. <laughs> yes. Yes. Their life, their love, and their lady is the sea. Exactly. It's like a, it's like a thruple, but like the sea is the, the other woman. <laughs> okay. Amazing. So enter. Do, do you have any questions about Piper at this point? Oh, no. It seems like she's in a really tough spot. I can't wait to find out what happens next. <laughs> I hope she doesn't fall in love with a surprise brother. That'd really put a wrench in things for me. Oh, that would be weird. Small town vibes. I, right? Because it's... I, well, you'll you'll hear how they're interconnected. It's, it just seems like there is an, a window of opportunity I that I don't know that we'll reach, <laughs> but where she could accidentally fall in love with a surprise sibling. <laughs> Uh, thankfully, no incest, no incest Good. trigger warnings for this no book, and hopefully never again. Warnings. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, okay, so enter our main character, Brent Brendan Taggart. Sorry, for a moment I read that wrong. Brendan Taggart. Brendan. He is a rough captain of a fishing boat. 
He is tall, of course. Of course. Of course. We do love short kings. But what if he was a short king? <laughs> I would love for him to be a short captain. Yes. Um, <laughs> he, he is tall and gruff. He has a nicely trimmed beard. And he really? his staple is that he's always wearing a beanie, which just like is Pacific Northwest <laughs> vibes. None of that aligns with how I would visualize a person whose career I'm pretty sure I know what it is. <laughs> really? I don't yeah. know. I'm kind of digging the beanie. The beard, at least. The beard makes sense. We're up to a point. Beanie kind of threw me. I don't know why. Look, it's chilly out there on the waters. It also, back to Legally Blonde, made me think of a redheaded sailor named Brendan from the musical version from the song Ireland. There's a redheaded oh sailor named Brendan. So I'm going to assume he has red hair because you didn't specify. No, dark hair. Sorry. Well, um, also, he's got like silvery blue eyes, I think. Mm -hmm. And I don't mm -hmm. know how that looks. I, I hate when they throw silver into the eye color. And I'm like, what? What is that? I'm interested to know how often anyone just has brown. How do you think people have brown eyes in, in these books? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I want more representation of brown eyes in books. Me too. And I'm not just saying it because my eyes are brown, but yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would like to see myself in these books. Um. Okay, so... He's sitting at a bar called No Name mm -hmm. in Westport, Washington. Is it the bar? Different bar. You're about to find out. Oh, tell me. So he's drinking a beer and he is sitting on a barrel that is a seat. Okay. Th this bar. Yes. Let me give you context that No Name is like local run and owned essentially where like the locals all have keys to the shop. They um, will... They will throw in money to stock it for beer and stuff. Like, no one Amazing. keeps this place. It's kind of, like, owned by everybody. It's okay? like a community fridge. It's but literally a community More contributed fridge. to, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> Amazing. Support, support our community fridges, please. Yeah. Um. So he sees these two ladies get out of a car, and he's like, they look ridiculous. Because Piper... He is, of course, one of the ladies he's seeing. It has a big, giant, floppy hat and uh, a lipstick-shaped purse, which becomes a theme in the book that he calls ugly multiple times. But then he's like, it is staple her. So, like, of course, it's cute. Um, and she starts laughing, and then she starts sobbing, which is also a full vibe. <laughs> Fair, the most relatable thing I've Honestly, ever Honestly, the most relatable thing Piper has done oh, so far. Oh, man. Happens to the best and of us. And then one thing you got to know about Tessa Bailey is that all of her men are so ridiculously horny all the time and so of course he notices how the rain has molded the dress to her tits and i think that Classic. is exactly how it's worded so good boobs is what good we're boobs. saying i mean cool yeah um so like like i said no name is like very much a locally owned and it's like one of those things where they don't really love outsiders like tourists are fine but like whatever so like when these two ladies walk in right it's it's not very well received. And then it's kind of revealed that they own the bar, right? Uh, They're yeah. like, oh, our name's on the deed. Ha ha, how crazy is that? And then these people are like, the actual F is happening right now. Um, turns out that custodian who was taking care of the bar all those years that they were paying for him is just like a drunk who doesn't do shit. So... <laughs> This this bar is run down. This bar has not been cleaned. It's no. not up to code. There C are certainly not up to code. Certainly not. not I don't a, think it has a liquor license. Not probably. a sprinkler to be found in the building. 
another and obviously like Brendan is like very frustrated about these women showing up Certainly. and like disrupting the status quo. But another thing you got to know about Tessa Bailey, she loves a good grumpy sunshine. Loves a good grumpy sunshine, which if you don't know, that means one character is very grumpy. The other is sunshine. And it's like opposites attract type situation. So our boy is like sitting on that barrel and is like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this shit today. And at one point, Piper kind of gives him a flirty look. And then he makes a point of like showing his wedding ring oh. on his left hand. And then she's like, I've also done that before, but not, but without actually having been engaged, just sometimes (laughs) I've put a ring on that finger in hopes people will leave me alone. (laughs) And that's on, uh, women feeling safe in public spaces. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Uh, so finally it's also revealed that these women are the daughter of Henry, daughters of Henry Cross, which apparently is the last person in Westport who died at sea, which I feel like they need one of those signs that say it's been how many days since someone died at sea. And I'm not trying to make light of this. But but in a sense, that's pretty celebratory because that means it's been a really long time. It's been 24 years. The safety standards have really improved. Yes. I'm happy about it. Yes. So fast forward. um, Sorry, let me get, let me get through this. And they, they, they kind of have this moment in the bar where everybody's like, oh, you guys are Henry Cross's girls? Like, weird. Um, And, like, Brendan and Piper are kind of having this, like, tit-for-tat moment of, like, who the heck are you? But, like, subtly kind of saying it back to one another. This and then incredibly they like, sculpted to your tit-for-tat moment? Yeah, t- real tit-for-tat um, with real that wet tat. dress. Mm. Um, And then they ask, like, hey, where are you staying? And they point upstairs because they're staying at the apartment above. And Brendan is like, you know what? Let me show you your humble new abode. And of course they go upstairs and it looks like shit. There are mice. It is essentially a studio apartment. It is dusty. It is moldy. And for the bed situation, it is a bunk bed. Amazing. In And I literally wrote down insert stepbrothers quote here. Exactly. Yep. Which vibes dibs top bunk so that I'm not crushed to death when it collapses onto the bottom bunk stop i need bottom bunk because i am a bottom in this situation because (laughs) (laughs) because i'm so scared of falling out that's fair i am more scared of the top bed truly stepbrother style falling down on top of the other okay well thank you for giving me a new fear to talk to my therapist about sorry uh so uh brendan is kind of like waiting for her to crack and like like fess up that she doesn't want to do this but she's making a point of like no i can do this and i so, love mice and mold and i best, so. love mice it's also kind of revealed that like there's no lock to this upper apartment there's only a lock on the front door of the bar but everybody has a key to that lock so no, no thank not you. safe no, not the safest thank you so let's fast forward to the next day. Brendan is going to the grocery store and he's in one aisle and he overhears somebody say, Siri, what should I make for dinner? Uh, then it says, Siri, what is an easy dinner? Then Siri, what is tarragon? <laughs> then I mean, Siri, relatable on all relatable though. Um, I get it. <laughs> Siri, what is a meal with two ingredients? And sure enough, he goes to the night aisle over, sees our girl in oh, a sequence jumpsuit at 8 a.m. at the grocery store. <laughs> Honestly, major vibe. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to just start major showing vibe. up to the grocery store. 
uh, in a sequence jumpsuit. Do not threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I mean, 8 a.m. Well, I wake up kind of early now. I think I could do this. Could be me. <laughs> I, I'm going to dare you the, to do this at some point in life. Okay. Um, and of course, he thinks she looks ridiculous, but he obviously still finds her hot. So through this interaction, it's very clear that like there's banter and he kind of puts her in her place for all the judgment she gave the bar because like it's their place. Right. And then she kind of strong arms him into helping her pick out ingredients for dinner. And then he like reluctantly is like, okay, have you ever heard of this thing called like noodles and sauce? It's literally called pasta. (laughs) Can you imagine being at a grocery store, seeing a person you don't even know, but like had one interaction with and generally despise, and then having them beg for you to help them buy groceries and being like, sure. <laughs> well, like, and he he is very much, you find out that he's like very much a control freak and loves things to be in certain orders and likes things sure. to have schedules. Cause like he's a captain, right? So it's very much like, okay, well, if somebody's gonna do it, I'm gonna do it because I'm gonna do it right. And so he also finds out the reason why she's trying to make dinner. She's trying to make dinner for her sister as a thank you for coming with her to Westport and Mm -hmm. like spending the next three months with her. So he's like, of course, this warms his little cold heart. Right. Right. And also then their eyes like go to the wedding ring thing again. And she's like, I'm not interested. And he says, I'm not either. It's a weird thing to say to someone with a wedding ring. It's like, it's clear they're flirting, but also like weird vibes. Imagine yeah. going up to every dude you saw the wedding ring and just being like, I'm not interested. Just like tattoo that on my forehead. I'm Apropos, not interested. Apropos of nothing, just see a wedding ring on a person and be like, I'm not interested. I am not flirting with you, I promise. Just like always I'm not interested. Um, so he then, uh, he also internally tells himself he's lying because he's of course interested. I mean, if you have to say it, I don't believe you. <laughs> yes. So then he discloses that there's a memorial for her father in town. Like there's a like oh. statue or something. Sure. This feels like a roller coaster of emotions right now. Was he, and- was he very special? I mean, I know he owned the bar. Was he very special to the town because he owned the bar and that's why there's a memorial? Because otherwise it's kind of weird. No, I think I think he was a captain, if I remember correctly. Um, and I think that actually Brendan is the captain of his old ship. Uh, ooh. And, and like, I think he was just like a well-known figure in town. Sure. sure. Um, and then they start fighting over the pasta sauce again because she's never used a stove and he's worried she's going to burn the place down. And then she's like, I feel sorry for your wife. And he says she put up with a lot. And then it's revealed that his wife died. Of, of course. Can, can we just, I want to see a graphic of the emotional roller coaster that is this conversation. It's a hard turn to go from pasta sass to wife death, I will say. It is. Absolutely is. <laughs> so much has happened in this grocery store. Yes. And so Piper and Hannah go to the memorial and there's a moment where they compare their father to a young Kevin Costner, which, interesting. An appearance? You know, in appearance, yes. Just an appearance, okay. Which, like, interesting. I can't imagine. Like, I know he was young at one point, Kevin Costner, but, like, I only imagine him in recent movies, so. <laughs> I can only envision him a decrepit 28. <laughs> decrepit 28. Oh, golly. Okay. So now, then, like, they're running into people that they like who know them because they obviously words got around town and the girls are starting to introduce themselves and they meet their father's best friend, Mm -hmm. Mick, 
who happens to be Brendan's father-in-law. Oh. So I know this isn't incestuous, but it feels a little small towny incestuous, right? Where it's like, my dad's best friend is the hottie captain's like father-in-law but also that hottie captain is captaining the ship that my dad used to have mm-hmm. anyway yeah so he mick tells her you need to go visit a woman named opal <laughs> and that's the name i really need you to like is she a wise a wizened old witch who lives at the end of the road <laughs> yeah i mean who will reveal the secrets seems- of her family <laughs> This is not a fantasy book, but it could be. It could be. Um, if so, so Mick also invites them to the party, to a party later that week. And so we'll get into that a little bit. So um, they also talk about how dangerous crab fishing is. And, you know, like they talk about her dad's death and stuff. So at this time, Hope, would you mind <gasps> giving us your book report <gasps> on crab fishing? Yes. I would love to get crabby with all of you. So the topic I was told to research for today's podcast is king crab fishing. Say what? Um, We will try and include my sources because I have a couple in the show notes. But just broadly, I looked at Forbes, um, the Alaskan King Crab Company's website, uh, Coastal Living and Southern Living uh, and Indeed.com. For all of this information. So lots first, of living, uh, by the way, of, for a very deadly, <laughs> lots very of deadly living. career. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up. In 2013, Forbes rated crab fishing the number two deadliest job in the world. Um, granted, not a lot of recent information on that, but at least as of 2013, the number two deadliest job uh in america the number one is logging. So we're just gonna keep that in our back pocket for when we inevitably talk about lumberjacks. I which just would assume. you do? Which would which, you do if you between, were to do between logging and crab fishing? I would do logging because I wouldn't want to deal with the measures I would need to take to not throw up on a boat. <laughs> okay, good. Because I am just scared of the sea. And I know mm-hmm. there's a word for that, but it's too big. It's too big, too deep, too unknown. Yeah, that's how I feel about space. I totally get it. I get it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to crabs. Uh, also, in 2006, which again isn't particularly recent, but a fun stat that I found was that the Bureau of Labor and Statistics ranked commercial fishing as the occupation with the highest fatality rate, which was at about 142 per 100,000 individuals. Yikes. Um, Alaskan king crab fishing in particular is over double that amount with over 300 fatalities per uh, 100,000 individuals. And most causes of death are like hypothermia and drowning and maybe getting hurt by some big equipment. Hey, okay, can you explain to me the difference between king crab fishing and just like regular crab fishing? Yes, this leads me (laughs) perfectly into my next segment. King crabs versus snow crabs, question mark. Snow crabs. Yeah, so I mean- Sorry, I don't know a lot about crabs. There are a variety of crabs. Um, I'm going to pull- my favorite quote, which came from a Southern Living article on the differences between these two, which are some of the more common crabs that you would go crab fishing for. And the quote from Southern Living is, while both crab species are known for their flavorful leg meat, <laughs> we typically don't eat the meat from the body, by the way. Uh, there Can I are- say that describes me? <laughs> there My delicious I- leg meat? Look, shout out to everybody who has delicious leg meat. <laughs> The rest of the quote doesn't even matter. It's just that they said delicious leg meat, and that was the funniest thing to me. Um, There's a variety of differences between these two. 
uh, first visually, king crabs are bigger and noticeably spikier. They have like lots of little spiky knobs all over their body. Um, they can get up to 20 pounds and they can get up to five feet across, which is heinous. Oh my <laughs> that, God. That's how people You're size You're just crab. enforcing all the fears I have about the ocean. Truly Thank terrible. you. Um, a little more into what you had asked, Era. So king crabs have a very limited season um, for when you can go and I guess, fish them or harvest them. It's of just a few weeks and it's October to January. And they also really only live in um, the Bering Sea between Alaska and Russia. So it's even more dangerous because it's like super cold and yeah. super up there. Um, and there's a very limited time where you can do that kind of crabbing. So you have to do it all kind of very fast. Which um, makes sense because at, one, at points in the book, they're also talking about the competition between the Russians and like, like trying, <laughs> which <laughs> that aged well. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, they're all talking about like how everybody's trying to get out there and get like all these crabs in this really small space. Yes. So yeah. So Conversely, a, a snow crab will live in the North Atlantic and North Pacific. You have um, more time to harvest. It's more like late fall to early summer. Um, naturally, king crabs cost more because they're uh, a little more rare and harder to find. Mm -hmm. uh, the way that king crab fishing works, according to the Alaskan King Crab Company, which is just a seafood company that I found, um, crab fishers will typically set sail on their boats for three to four weeks at a time before they head back to shore. Um, apparently in the early 2000s, the article said 10 years ago, but it was written in 2017, um, king crab fishing used to happen kind of like a derby, um, instead of happening over a set of weeks, like hundreds of boats would register to do all of the crab fishing in like three to four days, which sounds nightmarish. Um, they had to stop doing that mostly because it significantly reduced the population of king crab fish for everybody to fish from when you just kind of set a whole bunch yeah. of boats at once to really quickly do all of that fishing. Um, so they don't do that anymore, but they used to. Um, boats will set out with these large kind of boxy cages that are called traps um, or not, or that are traps that are called pots, excuse me, um, these large pots and they fill them with bait and then lower them to the seafloor for a couple of days to collect the crabs. Um, usually for bait, where did I find this? They use herring or codfish, which is funny because they're predators of king crabs. So it's weird that they use that as bait, but we love a revenge plot. Good we for crabs. love a revenge plot. Good, good for crabs for devouring their enemies love in traps, that. but sad for them that it leads to their eventual dooms. I mean, look, give them a win before they're out, you know? Yes. So uh, pots are put to the ground. They stay for a couple of days um, and then they get picked back up by the boats a couple of days later and they sort the contents. Um, so from there, we get into how crab fishes are paid, which is by uh, a percentage of the boats haul for that trip. So they'll take all the stuff that they caught and they'll sort it all out um, and then they'll value how much money they made from all of the crabs that they uh, brought in. And then they'll divide up that amount amongst the crew of the ship essentially. So like average salary will vary. Um, I looked a variety of places in 2017, the U S Bureau of labor and statistics reported that the median average wage for fisher workers, which included crab fishers was only $28,530, which is not a lot. So you do have to also own a bar. Um, okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yes. Super, uh, super low that same year, the highest 10% of crab fishers earned more than uh, $48,000, which not terrible, but I could see where you'd also still want to in this own economy a in, in a, a post-panny world. 
Not on my watch. Which Um, is is crazy because at one point in the book, they do talk about like the monetary value of, you know, they talk about how much money he makes and mm -hmm. and they kind of do the math in the book for it. And I'm like, that doesn't feel like it equals out what they're what you're saying so it, maybe that's have, a little bit of fiction well there's a couple of it can vary and i have a couple of more insights on that as well so um in in general for uh the amount that they like the percentage you get from the hull will depend on what your role is and how long you've been on the ship um i also for reference um salaries will vary by catch and by you know boat and who you work for um the I saw an article with two deadliest catch former stars, Gary and Kenny Ripa and or Ripka, excuse me. And they had told people that they have made upwards of $150,000 to $170,000 in a season. Granted they are the captains of a boat and on a TV show. Um, But they had also gone on to say that a deck hand, which is generally a more seasoned uh, person on the boat could make anywhere from 15,000 to uh, $50,000 for a couple of months of work. And then um, an, a, another had added that for about six weeks, his crew had made $30,000. Um, the last thing I have in my report is a king crab fishing by the numbers breakdown that uh, Alaskan King Crab Co. shared on their website that I thought I would pull. Just kind of a, a way to look at how these number breakdowns. So um, according to their website, the average seasonal quota of king crab fishing is 15.5 million pounds of king crab that's an incredible amount, but I think that's like of all the boats who are going king crab fishing. Um, the average number of boats doing king crab fishing in a season is 125. The average pounds per boat quota is each boat is bringing in about 124,000 pounds of crab for a season. Um, and the wholesale price per pound of king crab is $7. This put the average gross revenue per boat for a season at $868,000. So for the whole, however many weeks you've gone out to do king crab fishing, uh, on average, a boat might bring in um, over $800,000. And then the boat owner usually gets about 50% of that payout, it says. Um, so there's that would be about $434,000, but some of that will be applied toward expenses and income. Um, a more experienced fisherman or a deckhand will usually get about 10% of the adjusted gross amount. So of the 434000 that the boat owner will get as a payout, um, 10% of that will go to the deckhand. So they're getting about $43,000, a little over that a year. And then a greenhorn, who is someone who is newer to grab fishing, will only get maybe a payout of $150 a day. Um, rates vary as well. I have seen in some places that they get paid on a daily basis. Sometimes I think they, uh, take all of the income that they make and then just split it after they've sold what they've caught, but, um, how they pay out will vary. And of course it depends on the size of your boat, uh, how many crabs you caught, how many people you have working on the boat, how long those people have worked on the boat. Um, and if you are the captain or not, we'll just dictate all of the money that you'll make. Okay. So our boy, um, (laughs) Brendan, uh, a captain, you mentioned a captain My so ears in the, in the, in the ideal situation, he is making $400,000 approximately. Well, if the, he doesn't pay the, people out. Yeah. If he was the only human being on the ship, which I don't know if you could crab no. fish that way, but maybe he's really strong. Yes. If he had absolutely no other employees 
he would be uh, taking $434,000 and could apply that to expenses for the boat and all like registry registrations and things like that. And also in this case, there are no employees who would just keep the rest of it, but I assume no. he would have other employees and then it would divvy out amongst the rest of them. So, okay. So in the book, they do this kind of like mental math situation where she's figuring out how much money he makes. This is later in the book. We'll get to it, but they essentially it comes down to he, she realizes he makes millions of dollars and I'm now, uh, here's the thing. We're Annually? debunking that. We're debunking that right now. Brendan Taggart is not that rich. I can't believe Sorry. you didn't look up your crab facts. Well, that's why I have you. Yeah. Thank you so much for this report. You're welcome. I, I had a great time looking up stuff about crab fishing. And, and I'm not joking. And this is now my call to anybody who is a single fisherman that I am single and if you are making millions of dollars, please contact me at saysmutpodcast at gmail.com. Okay. If you're not making millions of dollars, don't go into king crab fishing. It's highly don't. fatal and it will not pay you that much. It is very dangerous. So dangerous. Okay. So back to our story. Um, so that night, Piper tries to cook the meal. And to no one's surprise, she starts a fire um, with a rag that was covered in pine saw. And... Uh, yeah. On a I assume on accident. On accident, yes. She's known to do piage done, so I just wanted to check. Yes, this is actually true. This might actually be the meat cute that she forced. She was like, you know what? I'm creating this meat cute. Um, because uh, her and her sister have way too long of a conversation for the situation at hand, with which is a burning uh, piece of fabric that is now in a skillet. And... Um, they're like, oh, it's it's going to take too long to get a fire extinguisher from downstairs. And we're not sure if water is going to make it worse with, by the way, water makes it worse if it's an electrical fire. Um, so like, don't, also, in the time not it took that. You, in the time it took you to have a conversation that was like, it will take too long for us to go downstairs. Yes. And also this, you could have in fact gone downstairs where none of the doors are ever locked and yes. just grabbed the fire extinguisher and ran right back up there. Thank you. Thank you for pointing out this error. I so, come with common sense. She runs out into the street with this flaming pan. All right. So meanwhile, Brendan is in the restaurant across the street having some fish and chips as he does every Monday night with his best friend, Fox. Yes. Make That's, fun of the name Fox. It's fine. Just F-O-F-O-X. Yep. It would be funny if it was like F-A-U-X. Yes, I know. Foe. 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 Or pronounced Fox, which is a crime. Yeah, that would be. Say that. So Fox is a womanizer and he's also works on Brendan's boat. So he's at least one employee getting paid. Um, but know. he also, there are also other characters they address that are getting paid as well. So again, emphasizing Brendan does not have that much money. Um, turns out uh, it's getting around town that Piper can kind of get under Brendan's skin, but Brendan dismisses this accusation by Fox. And then he says, quote, don't go sniffing around the older one Piper. And don't ask me to explain why either. Because he knows, like, he knows his best friend's a womanizer. He's he's sleeping with half of the, the state. True. True. So he's trying to be like, you're not going to sleep with her. And but also, not, I'm not going to explain it's why. It's not because I want to. Remember, he told her he's not interested. <laughs> yeah, which is something we all say to people we don't like, apropos of nothing. <laughs> 
And so then the two men see out the window Piper come into the street with a flaming pan. Um, and he, like, you know, Brendan goes into full uh, captain mode, problem solving mode and grabs his fire extinguisher from the cafe and like runs out and helps her put out the fire, but then turns to her and kind of like yells at her for being careless. But then Hannah steps in and is like, hey, you're being a bully, which, whoa, this little girl just like stepped up to this hell of a man and was like, hey, you know, yeah, which so then, are you more impressed with? Honestly, the second one. <laughs> so, yeah. So then obviously everybody's seeing this in the cafe, like little nosy town people. And Fox sees this and he's like, he, 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 this little girl just told my friend off. Who's like this big old mean captain. Can you guess who the next book is between <laughs> who the next book is, is about the sister and that friend? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Um, of course. Okay. So at one point, Hannah says in this little argument to, to Brendan, the last thing she needs is another dude making her feel like garbage, which of course, Brendan being a male character written by a female immediately thinks this is a red flag. And then he kind of gives this half-ass apology because men cannot express their feelings. Classic. It's okay so. to express your feelings, men. Do it. So Fox and Hannah go down to the vinyl shop because she's like really into vinyls. And like, he's kind of trying to give it Brendan a moment. He's being a sidekick and give Brendan a moment alone with Piper. And so Brendan and Piper go into that cafe again and they finish the meal and they kind of have like this flirting and um, whatever moment. Right. Okay. Next morning, the girls wake up to who at their door. Do you want to take a guess? Is it, is it Brendan? It sure is Brendan. Oh, good. Congratulations. Oh, man. Uh, so, like I mentioned, there's no locks on the apartment. Um, but don't worry, Brendan them? came to install one. Um, oh, that's nice. So, Piper he opens broke the door. In to install a lock. <laughs> no, he, he went up to the door of the apartment. Well, he and kind of he owns. I mean, he, does he? Uh, he, uh, he first of all, he does not own the building. Second of all, <laughs> did he, he did he knock to say hello? It's me, yeah. Brennan. Uh, may I install this for you? He like knocks on the door and it being all gruff, right? And then he's like, "Men are so uh, different there." <laughs> and then she answers the door in a tank top and panties, <gasps> per usual. And then her, he's like, "Uh, uh I you always never put clothes on when I'm going to answer the door." And he's all shy, right? And then she grabs a pillow to kind of cover up. And then she was like, well, you'll find more improper things on my Instagram. Like, like this is not that bad, right? And technically, like, if you have a bikini pick, that would be oh, worse man. than a t-shirt. And Yeah, I guess. Right? So then he reveals that he's going to go to sea for three days and wanted to make sure she was secure before he left. Like, man, to make yeah, sure she was life. safe. My love he also... <laughs> This is like caveman mentality too, right? Incredible. Yeah, I love it. Um, and he brings takeout menus. And at this point, like Piper is convinced that they're going to be friends. She's like, you know what? I made a friend here. Mm -hmm. That's Good a normal her. thing friends do. And before he leaves, he gives her mixed number, his you know father-in-law. And he was like, so if you have any problems, like call him because I won't have service out on the water. Like if there are any more fires. Right. And then he, she's like, well, you know what? You should just give me your number. And then she jokes about sending him nudes. <laughs> All right. The most casual Which, thing to joke about. I also joke about that with my friends who are just my friends who I tell specifically, I'm not interested in. Who told me about their wife dying and the trauma around it in a grocery store. 
the day before. Um, so Brendan goes and sits on the boat while everything is, you know, being loaded up and he downloads Instagram because he's not on, he's not on the apps and he, cause he wants to see her profile. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what do you think his username should be? Uh, uh cra crab daddy 69. <laughs> I like that one. Thank you. Thank you. Off the top. I just came up with crab daddy 69. <laughs> crab daddy uh king crab daddy um king crab daddy. so his crew members recommend captain cutie 69 i got crabs for you <laughs> and slippery when wet <laughs> i am exactly as mature as fictional sailors <laughs> thank you uh that's why you're on this podcast it's incredible down to the 69. <laughs> uh, down to the 69. Um, his crew then makes fun of him and explains how Instagram works. And he does the notorious bad thing, which is you start a brand new account and you follow only one person, which is your crush. It's like when you like a photo from like five years ago be and it makes exactly. it clear that you've been stalking. Also, you know? Imagine how it's so hard to start an Instagram. Look, here, let's backtrack. Let me present you a scenario. You're starting a new Instagram. You put in your name, your username, all that information. It creates the profile for you. You know that Instagram will next step show you a bunch of accounts to follow yes. to help you not do that exact thing. Yeah, they're like, look, we're going to save you some embarrassment they're right like, here, right now. Here's the New York Times and Michelle Obama. Would you like to follow them? And you Try say, Beyonce. yes. Yes. And then you can follow your crush. Follow at least those accounts first. <laughs> And the New York Times, don't follow the New York Times. Do what you want with the New York Times. Uh, do what you want. We are not going to tell you what to do with your life. Do what you want with the New York Times. But you have to at least follow Michelle Obama and Beyonce before you can follow your crush. I said it, so I can't take it back. So so he only follows her, of course. And then, Naturally. and by the way, this gets brought up later where like they kind of ha-ha about like Piper and Hannah are like, this is embarrassing for him, but also very sweet. And so he kind of online stalks her and does find some less than savory photos. But she, he also realized she has this really glamorous life. And he's like, I couldn't provide that. Like he starts kind of feeling self-conscious. With my alleged millions of dollars in craft fishing. Yes. Couldn't provide yes. this lifestyle. Couldn't provide that lifestyle. No. So later that day, a guy from the hardware store, Abe, he comes to Piper's apartment and he, because he received a note from Brendan um, saying that the lower bunk needed padding on the top, like the, the bottom part of the top bunk, you know, like mm -hmm. the metal parts, because he noticed that Piper had hit her head that morning. Like there was like a slight conversation around Piper hitting her she head. And so, yeah, she's on the bottom bunk. I forgot I put myself on the top bunk. I forgot yes. she was not also there with me in the top bunk. And so he, it's just like another sign of him taking care of her. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Abe is also like, is like this elderly man kind of who owns this shop with his hardware store with his sons. And he kind of says, well, I like to sit outside the, the maritime museum and read my newspapers, but I have a hard time getting up the steps. And she says, you know what? I can walk you up the steps i'm happy to like help you each day walk up the steps i got nothing going on this has no real plot point it's just to show she cares um okay so, so that she will walk an old man upstairs it's like walking a woman across the street an old woman across the street yeah, and get a badge for it hey remember the mysterious opal yes yes Who the wise think... old witch down the road yes i'll never forget she uh piper goes to visit opal finally who do you think she is 
I said our grandma. It sure is. You are too. I am on a streak today. It was Trent- more fun when I thought she was a witch, but that's fine. Turns out Opal is kind of a shut in. And like ever since her son died, she's been like, she like never goes out anymore. She's like uber sad. Um, and also freaking Maureen kept Opal a secret from the girls. So like oh. Maureen, Maureen, look, Maureen. I know you got your trauma, but come on, Maureen, you, you keep an entire woman from, you keep their grandma from them. That's weird. It truly makes no sense. Weird, 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 weird. So then in a, in a very unimportant chapter, the girls decide that they're going to renovate the bar to be very LA style bar. And they're going to trick their stepdad into letting them come home early. Cause they're going to host a big party during Labor Day weekend to show Hey, look, we renovated the bar. Let us come home early, right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) It's just like, it's just like, that makes sense to me. Hey, let's do this. Okay. So then Brendan comes back from his little three day trip at sea and he mentions that he like never cared about docking because he never had anybody to come home for, but this time it feels different. And, um, okay. Do you remember that? party that mick invited the girls to when he yes. told them about opal and stuff yes i do any guess what that party's for oh. what well, kind of party are so we many what are there so many things to celebrate now that brennan's coming back home is it is it not just to celebrate that he's coming back from from Kraven? this man this man comes back every like four days so like don't i, well, I no. don't know i I thought he was out to sea for a bit i forgot it wasn't that long um i c- couldn't begin to guess it is a memorial potluck for Brendan's deceased wife of seven years. Oh, of course. And like during this dialogue at the beginning of the party, Brendan is making it very clear that he like wants to move on from this grief, but like at the same time, he feels a duty to be faithful and like a duty to his like father and mother-in-law sure, that like he wants to keep on her. And he kind of admits like, okay, I wasn't super faithful. I don't want to say faithful, but like I wasn't very present in my marriage. And like, this is a way for me to be loyal now. Like I was always at sea. I was never really present. And then like she died and I feel like I need to make it up for her now. Okay. What was her name? Desiree. Oh, I was hoping for Brandy. It's fine. Continue. Bra- oh, Brandy and Brandy. Brandy. I'm just Brandy. trying to sneak Brandy in and Brendan. The nautical, any, any nautical adjacent rep. Brandy for the song. Cor- Could have been a coral. Another great Could've opportunity another for another coral. coral. Yes. Dang it. Let's just name everybody in this book Coral. Um, so Homegirl rolls up, Piper rolls up to this party. Mm-hmm. She literally walks in wearing pink, pink sequins with a tray of shots and says, What's with the long faces? Turn up the music. Let's get this party started, right? So many questions. First, look, there's no such thing as too many sequins. <laughs> How many sequin outfits do you have though? I'm just asking. Sequence seems to be a staple, just like the the beanie is a staple for him. Hmm. Second question. When in your life ever have you walked into a party with a tray of shots? You would have... When did you pour them? I have no answers. Do you... The mess. Nothing about that makes sense. (laughs) I I have no answers, but clearly... (laughs) Of shots, <laughs> I should, have, 
She does not know what this party is for, clearly. Well, clearly not. And but... immediately sees this memorial banner and is just mortified and runs out. Just bolts. Which, to be well, honest, me too. Well, yes. She, G- I know she actually takes one of the shots, at least, when she makes that whole announcement, right? Which, rat, rat, don't rat. let it go to waste, right? No. Um. So he follows her and she's apologizing profusely. They sit down and talk and we find out that his wife had an aneurysm when he was at sea. And it's clear again that he, he feels like they were just really good friends that kind of grew up together. We find out in the long run that they were really good friends that grew up together. It kind of felt like they should get married. There was never like true romance between them, um, which just kind of more justifies him falling in love with somebody else. I feel like, I mean, not even necessary as well yeah. because it is okay to have loved a person and then to love another person but intro go yeah, on and then and then she also confesses like about the whole relationship she's had and how it you know no one's taken her seriously and she's kind of seen as ditzy and it whatever and at the end he uh puts an arm around her which it's very clear that this is not a casual gesture for him like it's like this is like a move now he go home. He goes home that night, and he takes off the wedding ring. So mm. after seven years, the wedding ring comes off. Next, <laughs> Which I would feel bigger about, but he was just kind of like my wife was a little bit lame. Wasn't that actually into it? <laughs> rest in peace desiree kind of gets a shit reputation in this book which like i wish she kind of had her comeuppance for this also because lame, for my memorial party you can absolutely show up with the tray of shots also why are we having a memorial party every year for seven years seven years Ugh. anyway so the next day brendan shows up um at the bar where hannah and piper are working on renovations and please listen to this line from page 149 and she was interested in that it seemed, based on how her nipples had turned a pa- to painful little points the second he ducked into no name with his big gladiator thighs and thick black beard. Uh-huh. Which part of that sentence gives you the most ick? I... I am only given pause by the fact that my personal nipples don't react to human beings in that way. <laughs> so no. instantaneously. I'm I'm here for the thighs. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to call everybody who has gladiator thighs having gladiator thighs. Um, me, myself, and I included. But painful little points. Yeah, painful little points. I, there's painful a lot. Painful little points. PLP, mm. if you ask me. <laughs> you down with plp are you are you plping because you know me you know me anyway when he hands her I'm a sad coffee that they're painful i wish they yeah. were um when he hands her a coffee she notices the ring is off which obviously this is a moment <laughs> this is like an unsaid he's like he did, just yeah, make it. did the reverse of when women get engaged. Yes. To be really obvious about your hand, but with no ring on it. Be like, look, I'm over my trauma. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so single. It's then revealed that there's a patio area and he brings his crew members to help kind of uh, clean that area up. And he mm-hmm. built her a pergola. Cool. When the pergola is completed, 
he asks her for dinner and she said, did you think I needed you to build me a pergola to convince me? And he said, no, I needed something to keep me busy while I worked the nerve, worked up the nerve to ask. Oh, I had to it's build, cute. I had to build an entire structure to be able to ask you out. I have a problem expressing my feelings. <laughs> it's really, it, it I okay need to, to go to therapy. Your feelings. Talk about your feelings. Um, so then they make out in front of this pergola, which, okay. Rad. Would you, what type of structure do you need from a man to make out with him? Do I, what, do I need him to build what a whole need, one first? Yeah. Do, do you need, do you need, I, ju- I just have so many questions because like, do you need like a small, like, could he buy, build you something small or like, would you need way? a big, an archway is nice. It feels smaller than a pergola. Pergola a champagne feels big. wall. It's Ooh. just, it's, it's not as complex as it sounds. You just kind of put holders into a wall. That's a structure you could build. That'd be fun. Um, I wouldn't mind like a swing, like a, a little. Swing. Swings make me little. nauseous, but it's a, I think it's a cute idea for people who swings don't make nauseous. What are you not nauseous with? Cause now we know boats. Being stationary. <laughs> <laughs> so, so look, she. The pergola gets her off, and they almost start having sex. <laughs> I did not know we'd have human on pergola action in this book. Look, it is incredible that s- it gets her off. It's patio season. If a pergola is not getting you off, I. <laughs> <laughs> it's patio season. Let's get wet. <laughs> uh, hashtag uh, slip wet when slippery when wet is I think the, hashtag the, patio the, season hashtag, hashtag slippery when wet. <laughs> um okay but when they break apart when her sister walks in okay her in the her in the structure yes yes okay Uh, no (laughs) i know it took me a second for me to like process what you said and i was like uh no oh Um, actually no not at all so the next chapter we find out that he has a kink what do you think the kink is You've been like really good about guessing this this episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to go under the sea, so I'm hoping for mermaids and or just like seaweed <laughs> as maybe bondage. Oh, well, that was really creative and I wish it was something that fun. Thank you. But he has a spoiling kink. He very much wants oh, to do the sure. work for her. Sure. And like even watching her do this renovation, he is like wanting her to be a little spoiled princess. And it becomes clear that like Piper very much also wants this to be casual. Like in her mindset, she's like, I'm going back to LA. Remember, like I want my lifestyle back. Like if I'm going to sleep with this man, it's got to be casual, just friends. Okay. So when they get together for that dinner, mm-hmm. she she like is wearing a hot dress, hot heels. Is it sequins? Good question. I don't think so. Mistake. Shocking. Continue. <laughs> Mistake. But they're gonna have dinner at his house, and she's like, it's very clear this dinner is a competition of her trying to seduce him, him trying to be a gentleman, and take this slow. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Not that anyone asked, but his house is apparently incredible. Um, oh, he has like, I mean, I would like to know. He has a beautiful open house concept. So like, oh, love an open air concept. concept. Yeah. Can you an guess who won? <laughs> Can you there are guess? no ceilings. There are no ceilings. Um, no walls. <laughs> no walls. Just plot of land. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is kind of what a ship is. Like almost. About, it's basically just that one, one part of a ship. So, can you guess who won the seducing game? 
I have to imagine that Piper won the seducing game because if he won the seducing game, that means he long conned her into a meaningful relationship, which can't be the premise of this part of the book. Not yet. So you are correct. Yeah. She ends up pulling down the top. Okay. At one point he buys um, champagne and then she like wants him to drink some of it. And he's like, no, I'm only a beer guy. Of course. And she ends up pulling down the top part of her like dress. And so her chest is completely exposed and pours the champagne over her boobs. Huh. Sticky. <laughs> Literally what I thought. I was just thinking, Sticky. oh my gosh, that Fun. sounds like Sticky. a mess. Also, what kind of dress are you wearing that you feel that confident to get all of that out? Like, well, she, to did, wash it? she did take the tub down. But like, it's going to pull, like she's sitting on the no, table. It so it's like the mess of it all. Because then you've got, you've got dress down to torso and, and just champagne down to dress. Yes. Um, so but then still fun. Very fun. They are on a kitchen table. Did he like the champagne? Well, yeah, when it's on her boobs. Red. Apparently. And so, by the way, he hasn't had sex since before his wife passed. So well, that makes sense. He is a loyal man. And so he, uh, we also love a man with consent um, because he's very much asking her permission to do so things. So hot. Always. So hot. The hottest thing you can do. Um, and they end up going down on each other. Amazing. And she accuses him of calling her high maintenance. And he says, quote, you can be as high maintenance as you want, honey, but I'm the only one who does the maintenance. You know, of the lines in this book, that's actually a pretty good one. I, I like it better than things I've heard thus far. I agree. That's a good line. And then she's like, obviously making it clear she wants this to be a friendship thing. And he goes on to say, and I quote, going to fuck the word friend right out of your beautiful mouth. You'll forget how to say anything but my name real quick, honey. End quote. And at the whole time I'm thinking, they just had fish for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> they just gave oral sex well after having cooked fish for dinner. Yeah, well... Look, and what do you do after you have one date and you get head from the other person? You give them a key to your house and leave for two weeks on a fishing trip. You also tell them, despite the fact that they've said they want to be more of a friend thing with you, how super serious you're going to f fuck your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's, this it's is the pinnacle... In a way, it undoes the cool consent thing we talked about. Well, it's like, Almost. it's like, it's not emotional consent is essentially what we're saying. Yes. It's like emotional non-consent. So, okay. So of course he goes out of town for two weeks because they're going up close to Alaska. Well, shocker, 13. To, and remember he, she has a key to his house now. Yes. Um, which I feel like we just need to graze over because I can't even get into that. Um, 13 days later, there's a big storm coming from the Alaska area, which is obviously where Brendan is. Mm -hmm. So Piper, uh, Hannah's out doing something unimportant. Piper, her electricity. <laughs> sorry, Hannah. <laughs> sorry, Hannah. You don't really matter in this book. You got your own book later. Okay. So Piper, of course, uh, the electricity goes out. She freaks out. 
She's so worried about Brendan. So worried. So she runs to his house because obviously she's out of power. Convenient that he gave her that key, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the morning after the storm. And convenient that only her house didn't have power, but his seemed fine. Don't know how that worked. Um, but she, uh, she like showers, gets in his little shirt, goes into his bed. Like, again, very normal after one date. Finds the um, banner of the deceased wife. <laughs> it gets weird. She has to leave. She has to leave. Uh, so the next morning, she finds out that the, a bunch of families and crew of the crew are going to the hospital because somebody had an accident. And of course, she's immediately thinking, this is him. So she gets in his truck and rushes to the ICU and finds him in the hallway. And of course, she's like bawling and like awkwardly like, I wasn't worried. Haha. <laughs> Who was Couldn't worried? Be. Not me. <laughs> Couldn't and- be me just normal i'm just here (laughs) and at one point she's also like again she's in his t-shirt and then she like loki is like i brought you your truck like i thought i was being helpful like not like i freaked the f out and i got into your truck and came this way yeah um and she then has a full breakdown when he says is that my shirt honey I, okay, it, okay, it's really oh. sweet in my mind. In my mind, that was like super cute because he's like realizing she's having a whole breakdown. It's true. It's true. true. Um, so they start making out in the hallway and- <laughs> of the hospital, as you do in a hospital. Uh, Can't think and- of a hotter, better smelling place to make out. Says the person who's engaged to a doctor. Um, <laughs> I, we don't make out in the hospitals. As a uh, you don't. <laughs> but. Um, when then he realizes of course he has to have their, her and like what better place to have sex than a in a hosp- empty hospital room that you find it. but don't worry don't worry hope because he wedges a chair underneath the door handle and then uses one of those divider curtains to like shut, <laughs> shut them into the room mm-hmm. and then he has sex with her against the wall which I'm like, okay, but is there a bed in there? Like, we really couldn't. There, but maybe the, maybe the sanitary reason is why they didn't touch the bed because then they would have had got new paper and Can't all that see stuff. Any other sanitary issues with what we're doing in here in this hospital that we're in? No, we didn't do it on that bed, so it's probably fine. We are fine. Um, Wild. And it makes it very clear during this interaction that he's like, I, and if he didn't make it clear when he told her he was gonna. F the word friend out of her mouth. Um, He then also makes it clear that there's nothing casual about them. And, um, but then after they're done having sex, she was like, by the way, that was just sex. And he was like, okay, girl. (laughs) Okay, sure. Um, They walk out of the hospital room that they just had sex in (laughs) and they come across Mick, who obviously knows what just happened. I mean, it's just painfully obvious. But then because it seems- you always ass- first you always assume that yeah. your son and this woman are having sex in a in a hospital, and they were like kind of holding hands when they walked out. So like it's kind of obvious. And so Mick is like low key cool with it, but then Brendan has his loyalty issues, and meanwhile Piper is like having a whole like twenty eight year old crisis and so <laughs> goes home, um, and like makes it clear she she says to Hannah something about like. I do not want to stay in this town with this man, like for a man. But at the same time, I did just have a vaginal orgasm, which is unheard of. <laughs> it doesn't make you want to change your whole life plans when you have a vaginal Ooh, orgasm. I mean, it is uh, quite the experience. 
So then there's this lovely chapter about Hannah and Piper going to Opal's and she's like, hey, I want to go out on the town. I know I've been in a shut in for a very long time, but I want to go out in town. So they get a bunch of older women together and they like are like having they like, you know, doll her up, bring her out on town, mm-hmm. which on the town really just means these random dive bars at this, you know, there's at least one the, the little one village. Yeah. Um, and she, she has this moment where she's teaching the older women how to do like the sexy power walk. And it just reminds me of like the bend and snap from Legally Blonde. Really remind me when, when she was a starlet in LA, was she an actress? No, she was just like a socialite it girl. And what, I just not sure where she thinks that she has the like supreme knowledge to teach people that as someone who is just generally famous for existing. I don't know. I mean, not a Some model. people are just really good at walking, okay? <laughs> just <laughs> happen. Unrelated also to being uh, a socialite in LA, I am just happen to be really good at walking. Let's I'm just go, really good at walking. Let's go, girl. Um, can't get too far into that because that's copyright. Oh, uh, <laughs> she drunkenly goes home with Brendan, who obviously means she drunkenly up- opens up to him about some of her crazy insecurities. I love, I have to say, I love a good one person's drunk one person's sober and it's very like respectful that he mm-hmm. takes care of her she takes care of him and then there are confessions made yes. i love that it's nothing makes like me happier things i hate about you yes yes good and shit. when she falls asleep in his arms he mouths i love you of to course. her and the dishes which is also up? like why why could you not just say that in your head why did you have to mouth it kind of weird um <laughs> It is weird. It is weird that he didn't just for, think it like an old For no person. one who just saw, Hope did just say, I love you without saying it and just mouthed it. Okay. Anyway. It's very upsetting. <laughs> Next day, he takes her out on on his boat, like the actual boat, not a sexual mm-hmm. one. But also that too. <laughs> because does he call his dick his boat? Because if not, missed opportunity. Missed opportunity, honestly. Get on um, my vessel. Sink my battleship. Are you done? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but on the boat, she confesses she doesn't uh, feel strong enough to be in the relationship because everybody's told her how difficult it is to be a fisherman's wife or like fisherman's girlfriend, right? Like for them to be away at sea, for it to be so dangerous, yada, yada. And i.e. her mother's warning, right? And Brendan also admits that he and Desiree were more like friends, like who felt obligated to get married. And he like didn't like, yeah, again, I, I feel bad for Desiree. She did not get to say her piece in this. Um, no. That happens when you're six feet underground. Under. Um, sorry, Desiree. I'm so sorry. I'm only Desiree. saying this because you're fictional. It's, it's been seven years. It's been seven years, Desiree. You deserve... Uh, were you silent or were you silenced? <gasps> I didn't know okay. this was a crime drama. <laughs> so uh, he then shows her his bunk in the boat and she asks if he wants nudes of her which obviously he's eager to say yes and she poses on his bed and of course sex ensues well yeah and she might have slightly pushed her finger into his bum hole during said sex and then the chapter ends with him saying so are we just not going to talk about the finger thing do they talk about the finger thing after they just laugh and the chapter ends. Well, so well. who knows? We will never know if they talked about the finger thing. You should ask first. Um, That's all I have to say. 
so remember Fox? Um, yes. He suggests that Brendan, him, Hannah, and Piper go to Seattle for a vinyl convention. And Brendan is like, "What? How, why do you want to go to a vinyl convention? And all of a sudden Fox is like, uh, mm, I don't know. Uh, it no has nothing reason. to do. I have no reason other than the fact that Hannah's super into vinyls and I'm super into her and I'm not going to confess sister that. Until- I'm about to have a book with. Yeah, literally. Um, so Brendan sees this as an opportunity to show her like the big city lifestyle he can give her, even if they stay in Westport, right? Um, and so Brendan books a fancy hotel. He takes Piper shopping. Again, this is where the spoiling king comes in. Mm-hmm. And she she's like, I'm not going to spend your money. I'm not going to spend your money. And he goes, uh, quote, spoiling you makes my dick hard. Rad. You know what? We like a clear communicator. Look, let's just be up front. Just be up front and let me know. And then, of course, this is where he reveals he makes millions of dollars. Once again, <laughs> we have debunked this. It is not true. Maybe if he owned more than one boat. Yes. Granted, these num- the numbers I provided are dated. It could it, be that says- in today's money, cr- one one no. boat is a multi-million dollar business because this book was published a couple of years ago. So, um, also there might've been some groping in a changing room, but oh. it's not important enough to discuss. As long so as she, consent. remember that shitty friend from LA? Yes. She calls Piper and lets her know that like, there's this article about Piper saying like she vanished from social life. Right. And she was like, you know what you should do? You should come to my party the tuesday after labor day and i will like reveal you back to the public and she was like i don't know about that like let me think on it which also this woman like completely outed you to the cops yeah like like threw you under the bus are you really gonna do that anyway not go hang out with snitches so then um she has she's like kind of distracted with Brendan that night and he like confronts her about it and she tells him about the party and then she was like but I'm in love with you and he's like I'm in love with you Ooh, and that should just say it was a lot kind of problems of, <laughs> yeah and like if you haven't already guessed uh like they're going to have sex yeah i mean i would hope yeah so they have sex and he licks her asshole red and they finished the chapter by saying, so are we just not going to talk about the tongue thing? Which is a great callback. <laughs> I, wish that, I wish that it had been like butthole thing both times for continuity, but I do like No, the- it's a butthole. It's butthole thing both times. They both say butthole thing both times? Or oh, no. Says- Sorry. I'm using different terminology. Yes. Hilarious. Yes. I love it. So they get back from the trip and... Uh, like Hannah and Piper move in with Brendan for no reason other than the fact that like they live in a shithole and like he doesn't want her to live there. So stupid. Piper then comes into the realization that she wants to stay in Westport with her man. But Brendan like one night figures out that like they're still having this plan to have the Labor Day party and invite their stepdad to come show them, you know, oh, how good the, you know, until so they can leave early, which is so by this plot. Believe early subplot. Yeah, which is like so dumb because like then there's this fight that ensues where she's like, no, 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 I was going to stay. Like I'm at a point where I've decided to stay. I have to imagine after the I Love Yous, even if you'd heard about this previous plot, you would maybe ask about it, but I wouldn't assume it was still happening. Yes. And even if it is happening, it doesn't mean she's going to leave though. Like it means Hannah's probably going to leave. Right. And so she like they have this whole stupid fight and he like storms out because he the next morning he's leaving for three days on the boat Mm -hmm. and she was like you know what i'm gonna prove to you that i am in this for the long haul i will see you off tomorrow morning like i will see you off on your boat 
I will be there. And he like kind of doubts her, but like kind of wants to believe her. And then he like still storms out. So remember that handyman Abe that she was walking up those stairs. Mm -hmm. This is the only important role that Abe plays other than putting like memory foam on the top of her bunk. Um, (laughs) Which thank you. She's going down the next morning to the docks to say goodbye, obviously to show up. Mm -hmm. Abe like falls or something. And there's like an emergency. I knew this would happen. And of course she (laughs) texts Abe. I know. Damn it, Abe. So of course she texts Brendan and of course he can't, he doesn't receive the text in time. So he then goes out to sea thinking she didn't show up. She's at the, you know, he's, she's trying to take care of poor Abe who should not be a plot point in this book, but okay. Um, so then it's labor day. Okay. She's in her mind. She's thinking, you know what? He's going to come back. I'm going to explain everything. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But labor day comes around and she gets all dolled up. And they're all ready to have that big party, that big reveal party for the bar. Well, the Daniel, the stepdad, cancels. And then no one shows up. (gasps) So that she's like, oh, no, I am a failure. I am unable to do anything. And then um, who walks into the bar but Mick, the father-in-law. And Mm -hmm. he kind of like low-key tells her like, not that he's being mean to her, but he is like, hey, women are kind of like of a different breed up here that like my daughter was strong enough to be with a fisherman. Like, do you think you're strong enough? And it like plays into her insecurities, which is so yeah. dumb. Do you so, think you got what it takes to be a fisherman's wife? Literally. And it's kind of like, okay, but what? <laughs> yeah. why, why does she have to prove herself? Like, yeah, why can't Brendan prove himself? I was like, is he, could he be like a cool and also yeah. a fisherman? <laughs> Well, okay, so then she freaks out and she decides to flee the scene and go back to L.A. for this party on Tuesday, right? That I don't know why. It was such a weird, flee like... Flee the scene to L.A. for a party. Flee the scene to L.A. Meanwhile, on the boat, Brendan is, like, being really hard on, her, on himself. He's like, I shouldn't have even walked out. I should have, like, heard her out. Like, this was so stupid. And when he gets cell reception, reception he finally gets the text that she was supposed to be late because there was an emergency. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, shit, I'm an idiot. And he runs, like, to the bar. And it turns out it's just, like, flooded with people. And, by the way, Hannah's still there. And she's, like, passing out beers. And there's a whole conversation between him and Hannah where, like, she explains, yeah, like, there was no one here earlier. And then everybody came at once. And then it, they find out, well, there was this weird accident that happened at an oil rig where one of the locals was at that oil rig so people were like waiting to for news on that i don't know it was it felt very weak it felt like a very weak excuse on like why no one showed up but then they found out that guy was okay i guess and then they allowed (laughs) whatever but um then abe confesses like abe comes up and is like oh yeah th- that girl of yours is so sweet she like i was really it. injured i just wanted to fuck with you guys <laughs> abe is the bad the guy in this abe, abe is our villain <laughs> poor abe and then like opal of course is like talk all these people are talking about how great she is mm-hmm. right go get her yeah so then finally mick was like you know crazy thing happened i rolled up in here earlier <laughs> I and i verbally kinda, abused your girlfriend i accosted your girlfriend and i feel <laughs> a little bit bad about it 
But at the same time, I'm going to give you my blessing to like run after her, which I do kind of am like, I, I just think like, okay, it's not your room it's to like been give seven years, it's been seven years, Meg. Married. Um, wow. Okay. So he runs down to LA and As we, we now catch up with our girl Piper and we are towards the end of our story. How do you think this is going to end? Well, if it doesn't end with love, I'm going to be a little upset, Sarah. <laughs> Okay, it's going to end with love. How do you think it's going to end, though? Um, well, so they're going to be at this party, this, af this after Labor Day party. So he's going to have to go to the party. I can only imagine a publicity stunt. I have to, I can, I only have, I only have vague guesses. And my vague guess is that not really good friend friend is planning something mean for Piper. And that oh. somehow the fishermen will step in to prevent it and save the day and they'll be in love. I wish that they had made it that Should I write books? I, are you an author? No, the answer is no. Um, But our girl Piper is at the most ridiculous party where she is going to descend on a crowd on top of a mechanical unicorn. But who does she see in the crowd when she's absolutely miserable on top of this mechanical unicorn? But a beanie-wearing captain. And she battles the psychotic crowd, which, by the way, one of the faces in her in the crowd is her ex-boyfriend who broke up with her at the very And he beginning. was like, it was so hot that you were on that unicorn. Literally, that unicorn's so hot. You're such a smoke, too. Take me back. Uh, and... So she finally reaches Brendan and he carries her out and they find this little like her out. Of course, she's tiny itty bitty little mini queen and he's big old Didn't she just know. walk over there? <laughs> yeah, well he he carries her out uh and they find a little cut out of the street where they can have their apologies. They are profusely apologize. And he's like, if you want to be in LA, I'll come live here with you. And I'll just go up for fishing season. I'll do whatever you want to do. And she's like, no, I want to go home to our home. Yeah. And um, they just say that they love each other and they go home. It's literally like, it's like a sweet ending. Don't get me wrong. But I have to say of like endings I've read, it's kind of like, okay. It's you a really know? wild climax. <laughs> The, the climax yeah. being being all suspended in the air on top of a unicorn. <laughs> I feel like the unicorn was the most impressive part of the, the ending. It's just so not necessary to the whole plot or story. Um. So for our non-viewers, do you want to explain what you see oh, in this uh, cover, adorable. please? Adorable. I am thrilled to tell you, on a beautiful navy cover, we see some small birds on the horizon. We see a lighthouse. We see an ocean. We do, in fact, see a tall man, very white, very beard, with a beanie. Very and beard. Very beard. Such many beards. And and also we have Piper on the other side. She's got beautiful red hair. Lovely one shoulder red and white dress. No, it's, it's, it's blonde. Uh, it looks red. It looks like it's strawberry blonde to me. I guess it's probably. I wanted okay. someone to have red hair, I guess, this time. Anyway. You're really into this red hair vibe. <laughs> it's just that it made me think of part of a song lyric. And that's all my brain can think about. The only thing missing is sequence. I'm going to be honest. She should and be also maybe sequence. crabs. Crabs, absolutely. Could have used at least one crab. Okay, so for our rating, yes. Um, let's 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 get to it. Um, what are you going to give a rating for diversity? Yes, 
all ratings will add will be one out of five because it's fewer numbers to pick from. Yes. Obviously, not a lot of. Uh, I don't. I don't think there I is literally no diversity who wasn't white or straight. So it's going to be a one on the diversity scale for me, I suppose. Does that align um, with your reading of the book? Yes, that's absolutely accurate. Um, what would you give the plot out of five? Plot. Mm. Having absolutely not read this book. Plot out of five. I mean, you I thought it, listened to the whole plot. I thought it was fun. I thought it was lighthearted. I had a good time. I'd give it at least a three. I had, I had a nice time. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm gonna give it a four for plot. Cool. Cool. Um, and uh, what would you give the cover? The cover, I thought it was cute. I thought it was fine. I would keep that at about three as well. Oh wow, you're very didn't, mid. Didn't bowl me over, but it wasn't ugly. Uh, I've seen worse. I've definitely seen worse cartoon covers where the people don't have eyes, which really bothers me. Um, okay, what about the sex? The smuttiness of the book out of five. I am proud of them for the amount of butt stuff and the through line of the jokes about it. Um, I think that was nice, a, a nice touch. I don't feel like we talk about it a lot. I'm happy about it. Um, uh, I'm still feeling pretty 3E, 3E closer oh. to a four than a two. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go three as well, just because yeah. I know that there are, there's wilder stuff out there. Yes. Um, oh, certainly. And uh, finally, let's, uh, let's, uh, what was your smuttiest, what's the say smut moment? Yes. That My, you were the moment about? that made me say what the smut the most. Hands down, easily the ability to walk into a hospital room and have sex. <laughs> It's so wild that no doctor, even even in a room with no patients in it, would just not have tabs on the status of that room. Is just I couldn't suspend the disbelief or not. So that that made me say, "What the spot? I have to say, I agree with you. My other moment that I just can't get a handle on is the fact that, and this is just me being crazy. Me, they had oral sex after eating fish. <laughs> I, to me it's that not it's that, not that crazy it's but i'm it's still not sitting here that different of a flavor experience sometimes a <laughs> and b like if you have just eaten a lot of fish do you want to be mouth to mouth probably not so much that makes you sense. want do you want somebody going down on you when you've had fish i mean i don't assume that the second i eat it my business smells <laughs> no i'm saying like i would feel like my breath would be like rancid yeah but to me and that like is all my the more mouth just feels to like as... mouth to mouth but like that my mouth has like all that fish juice in it oh, uh, uh. <laughs> i can't i can't okay okay, okay no okay. my second place uh <laughs> what the smut moment is unicorns on the ceiling and that's not even that's not even just doesn't, smut doesn't make any, just nothing about that made logical sense in a way that i needed it to for this book <laughs> I also find it astonishing that she gets a key to his house after one time having oral sex. There is also that wild premise where just the town gets the keys to a building and everybody does that responsibly without just breaking in and stealing shit. Hey, that's small town. That's small town. You can't knock it. No one's ever bored in a small town and would therefore never try to do crimes to an open vacant bar. No. Um, I'm totaling up our 
average score then. Mine is at, uh, so <laughs> I have come down to a 60% um, <laughs> score. 60% certified spice. So a 60% for the book, which is crazy because I did give the book five out of five stars um, on my initial read. Um, okay, so then you were much harsher on the book. You gave, you have a 50% score. 50% certified spice. Awesome. Well, hey, um, thank you for joining us thank on so our much. first episode. It went really long and I apologize. Maybe we should shorten it up for next time. But I, I, Captain. I, I, Captain. Um, but we'll see you guys in the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.